0: Hey guys, Paul Wilson here, and I am excited to be down in the shop today with one of our, the lead turbo builders at Duramax Tuner or Stealth uh, Turbo Program. Tommy, Tommy, how the hell are you? Good, Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man, thanks for asking. Uh, we are down here talking today about how to assemble a 351 CW Cummins turbo. So this would cover, I think the knowledge we're gonna share today would generally cover 03 to 07, 5.9 liter Cummins. But I hope that we can kind of expand on this and talk in general about if you have to assemble a turbo. So any of you guys at home that have done a wicked wheel upgrade or bought a wheel and cover combo and, and you want to kind of go through it and you're feeling nervous, hey, we're going to go start to finish and cover as much as we can here. If you're listening to the audio version of this, we'll do our best to describe everything. There are quite a few visual elements in today's episode. Uh, of course, I would recommend jump on over to our YouTube channel and search Diesel Performance Podcast and you'll be able to find this video format as well. Tommy, first, walk us through the components. What, what are all these parts we have laid out on the table?
1: All right, first we got the compressor cover. Obviously, it goes on the front side of your turbo. And then you got your center section, which is where your rotating assembly will go into and your bearings and the rest of your thrust group. And then you got your turbine housing, which is the back of the turbo. So this is your rotating assembly with your compressor wheel. This is our 64. This is our turbine forum. That's pretty much that really goes into these ones. There's
0: it, it's funny because it's for somebody who builds turbos every day. You're like, oh, there's just a couple of components. Now, compressor cover. This is what most of you have actually seen uh, when you look at a turbo. So when you're looking down into your engine bay, you're going to definitely recognize this piece. Uh, you likely, if you've ever handled a turbo before, you're also likely going to recognize the exhaust housing. Uh, now this one has the puck, so it's controlled waste gated internally. Um, so oh, a lot of you have seen this and, and have held this. This is the pedestal. This is what's actually gonna mount to the manifold, uh, things of that nature. So. So some of these components look normal. Now a center section, if you've never seen a turbo torn apart before, like you said this does house essentially the axle and the bearing that the axle rotates on uh, along with thrust. So you mentioned thrust, that prevents the turbo from walking in or walking out, it prevents the in and out play of a turbo. Uh, and then everything else is just to kind of hold it all together, Correct. Right? <laughs> is yeah. I, I think the, the way to wrap that up. Okay, um, let's talk about tools. So I know I have a basic set of tools at the house. What are some of the basic tools that you use during this assembly? And then what are some of the specialty
1: tools that you, you have to have to do a turbo? I'd say most importantly, you need to have torque wrenches. Uh, torque's an important thing on the turbos. If you over torque things, you're going to squish them. Your bearing's not going to have the proper clearance so you really want to be able to have an inch pound to be exact and then your snap rings you're going to need a set that's real tiny a medium size and an extra large size okay (laughs) those are the most important tools for this turbo other than that you need a 10 mil socket and a turbine the socket for the turbine which would for ours is a 19 mil gotcha it's different for oem
0: okay Okay, so so you're going to need a basic socket set, you likely will have to run to the hardware store and buy yourself a new 10 mil, as none of us own a 10 mil still that's in our set.
1: <laughs> um, Alright man, walk us through it, what's the first thing you do when you start to assemble this turbo? First thing I do, always want to make sure your parts don't have any flaws on it, make sure there's no chips or anything like that in there, make sure everything looks smooth. Then I always start from your backside, because majority of your center section works always going to be in the front so you get your small snap rings and then the kits on our kits and the OEM kits they'll come with all the snap rings you need for internally you get it on there and there's actually two sets of grooves inside the center section on both sides for small snap ring and once you get it in there I take a pick and just make sure it's popped in the groove. The snap ring should be able to spin around with no effort. And then I always soak my bearing just, just so I know it's covered in oil. I don't have to worry about it. Put that in there. And same thing with this snap ring. Right on top. And then again, I go back and make sure that snap ring is free and it's spinning nicely. And then that's going to be the same exact process for this side.
0: Now you've been doing this for some years, you're one of our most experienced turbo builders in the shop. Um, how long did it take you to really be able to kind of master something
1: like this? Uh. It took a couple months before I really got everything memorized, like without needing to look at our build specs and our process on how to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it takes me way less than most people because I've done it long enough, but really, this type of rebuild for an average person who knows how to use tools is an hour. Okay. It's, it's a very simple process on these turbos. Gotcha. So if you have a set of instructions and you're following
0: the instructions, you're like, hey, this is my first turbo that I've ever had to rebuild or the first turbo that, you know, I'm I'm changing something on, it's going to take you some time. That's okay. Yeah. You know, that's to be expected. You build a hundred turbos a month. It's a little bit different for where you're at on time-wise and remembering what to do. Exactly.
1: All right. And then once you got both journal bearings in, which are non-friction bearings, you want to start with your thrust group. Which you got your thrust bearing, thrust washer, and your thrust collar, which also has a piston ring on it, which stops the oil from leaking past to go into the compressor side of the turbo. Which you start with your washer. Always add oil anytime you put any part on the inside. You want it to be dry. Once you get the washer in, you get your thrust bearing gun. Don't leave any surface dry. Once you get that in, again, put a little bit of oil on there. The more lubricated, the better it is. That's what she said. Get that big O-ring right inside here. And this is an oil deflector Which goes on your oil gallery plug. Put that on there on an angle, and then you have to take hammer, tap it in there, and sit flush in there. And your collar, you have to line up your piston ring to have the gap pointing up. And it just clicks right in.
0: All right, so we're working on the center section. We've already put in our journal bearings. We've added our thrust bearing, uh, which again, prevents the walk from in and out. Uh, And you're now sealing up with the oil galley plug to make sure that oil doesn't come out on the compressor side. Correct. Okay, good. This took almost no time. Uh, Again, you know what you're doing, so you're able to kind of fly through some of the steps here. But none of this was wildly complicated no. there wasn't any like big
1: hang-ups it, no the only the biggest annoyance for a newbie is going to be the small snap rings inside the center section really yeah because okay. you don't got a lot of it. you. you can't really see in there so you're kind of mainly feeling the just the feeling of the little groove when it clicks in that's pretty much what you're feeling for gotcha okay that's the most difficult part on these And then the oil gallery plug's gotta get pressed down a little bit, so just get a, anything that will fit around the collar will work. This particularly is a one inch socket. And you just give it a good little hit. Then you take your big snap rings, well medium, sorry, and then put that in there. And you always wanna be safe, so go and tap your corners to make sure it fully seated underneath. And that's the full, fully built center section. That's it. Yeah. Too easy. All right. All right, so guys, again, if you're at
0: home and you're listening to this, um we've put together pretty much the entire washer kit. Uh so the accessories kit that generally mm-hmm. you would you would associate with a rebuild, they're at this point almost completely installed. Some of the key takeaways I got there was oil everything. Yeah. Uh lubricate yeah. everything. There's you you, you no, we're not pouring gallons of oil no. over it, but like you, you, you're not going to have any dry surfaces no. as you put this together. No. Okay.
1: I at my actual workbench, I use a little applicating brush that I keep a little cup of oil, and I normally I'm painting everything with oil as I'm putting it in. Gotcha. All right. Awesome, man. What's next? Uh, next, you're going to move on to your rotating assembly, which I got a little little stand that I made that'll hold the center sections up because you have to slide the center section in. And the last piece that comes in your kits are gonna be your nut that holds the rotating assembly and the piston ring for your turbine. It just slides down on it. Again, have your open spot pointed forward and just push it down onto it. It'll slide right into a groove. And then this is a heat shield. Slides right over. You just want to slide it in, you'll hear it click, it spins, you know it went in, push a little back on it, if it felt it click again, you know it's slipped in, then you want to take your compressor wheel, obviously make sure your compressor wheel is not damaged in any way, you don't want to have to pull it back off, and on our turbos, Our balance marks, we go based off our compressor wheel. Our design on our wheel is how we judge it. One blade does not have our stealth logo. So we know that's the compressor side balance mark. And then we have a mark on the turbine side. And those are the lines you go for to line them up. Lining them up is a big factor because if it's not lined up, you're out of balance. And once you're out of balance, you're going to start making contact with the cover. And this is the biggest torque spec that's important. And this is a 10 mil, 12 point.
0: Okay, so now you're actually putting, so we've slid the turbine, which is connected to the axle or shaft, uh, through the center section. We've now added the compressor wheel to that and you're now actually talking about torquing down the nut that holds this, these three pieces together. Yeah. The shaft, the turbine wheel, and the compressor yes. wheel. Okay, uh, what's the torque spec on this one? 165. 165, okay. Um, And now before you do that, you actually line up the turbo. So there's a mark on the compressor or compressor wheel. There's a mark on the turbine wheel. You line those two up because everything was pre-balanced as a rotating assembly.
1: Everything comes pre-balanced. And just like with any time you buy one of our turbos, it comes with the balance sheet too on what the spec is. Okay. So everyone will be able to tell that the rotating assembly has been balanced before it ever gets built into a full turbo or anything. That's awesome. Okay. Perfect man. Let's uh let's get her tight. And then on these rotating assemblies, they're cross their left-hand thread. So don't crank it on right-handed or you're gonna yeah. destroy your shaft.
0: Right- Righty tighty lefty loosey doesn't count for this. Yeah. Uh, and that's because the turbo spins. Yes. So if the turbo is spinning essentially in a in a in the direction that would generally loosen a nut, we want that's not good. That's not gonna help yeah. us. Uh, so we reverse thread them so that as it spins, at super high velocity with all that torque and pressure, doesn't it doesn't back tight.
1: the nut off. Yeah, yeah, keeps, keeps it, it tight. tight. And then for lining it up, the process I go with, I normally keep my turbine side marks straight up. So when I come back with my ratchet with the 19 mil socket, I can hold it. I know that marks straight up because that's where I left it. And then I got my torque wrench at 165 inch pounds. Bring it up. You wanna double check to make sure you're lined up. If you're not, you can crack it back loose and readjust. It's not the end of the world if it's not perfect for a shot. And this is also another thing: the more you do it, the more you'll pick up on where you need to have the wheel for when you tighten it, and how much play it's gonna have. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. It's worth taking the time to do this as perfect as possible because this is the biggest, the most important tolerance that has to be there, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the part that spins, right? So this is the part that has the highest RPM. This is the part that if this fails, everything fails real quick. Um, So if, if you get this thing out of balance... it's just like anything else that spins that's out of balance it's going to cause it's going to wreak havoc right so what you don't want is that compressor cover coming off or or like you said making contact with the compressor cover that's going to be a nightmare once that that happens
1: all right so like even with me knowing what i'm doing it still took me three times to get this lined up nicely you got the line straight up from there and then you got the wheel without the logo right there straight up See if I can do this without moving it. Straight up. (laughs) So, I mean, that's your whole center section. That's the moneymaker right there of your turbo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, how do we bolt this thing into, do we do the compressor cover now or do you go into the turbine
1: house? No, you want to go with the turbine side first. It's a lot easier to deal with from that point. So, get this over here. I always have the flange facing me so no I know I'm gonna be square when I'm doing this. Take so clamp, put your clamp on first. These clamps aren't the same as OEM ones, but it's the same same process. Get your nut on there. And that's also a 10 mil nut. I start it with just a ratchet, just so I can get her snug. Once I get it snug, I'll go back with this torque wrench. <coughs> Clamp is 145 inch-pounds. That's putting your turbine housing on. That's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One clamp, get it down to the right torque
0: spec, and you're moving forward. Yeah. Uh, Does that torque spec change if you're doing stock?
1: No. No. Okay. Nope. Our torque specs are based off OEM. Nothing crazy. It's keep it simple. It works. Yeah. No point in changing it. I like that. On our stealth, though, we actually put an O ring in the covers to seal them. OEMs, they do not. OEM 5.9s leak <laughs> out of the covers. In case you guys wanted to know.
0: We find that with a, pretty much across the board on whole oh, yeah. set turbos. It's whole whole set all the way across. We pull brand new OEM turbos, put them up to a boost tester, test the front of them, plug up the back of them, yep. and find they the leak, leak right yep. out of the cover.
1: So, awesome. This is your big snap ring. This is what actually holds your compressor wheel cover on. Sorry. You're going to want to bring it on to the side here and you're just gonna walk it around and you can let it slide down just like that. With your cover, the easiest way to line up where you're gonna do it at is go based off your wastegate arm here. Okay. And then this is your wastegate mount for the cover. So the easiest way is just to line it up. If you look directly down here, you can see the wastegate arm is in between it. Once you get down there Make sure your wheel spins, there's no contact, you don't hear nothing, none. Grab it, two hands, flip it over. None, here I can do it like that just so the camera can see it a little better. Your snap ring will sit like that. You want to make sure the tapered sides facing the cover because the taper sides are actually what slips underneath there and holds it. Okay. Good heads up. That's an easy one to get wrong. Yes. And then this is where the big guys come in. Paul, could you hold that for yeah. me? It's definitely a, a two-hand tool. I'm just saying that now. There's a lot of tension on these snap rings. Man, you can feel that
0: go into place yeah. like immediately.
1: And then what I'd like to do, again, just to be safe with my snap rings, where you right at the end there. Just tap it just to make sure they went in. You don't gotta worry about it then. And that's your five nine right there. I mean that's amazing that's
0: we're able to walk through now obviously uh the oh four and a half and newer run the electronic wastegate the oh three and O fours run the uh, mechanical wastegate but from here you can kind of start to see where those are external components that are pretty easily bolted on yeah variations are going to change and i think a lot of what we're talking about today could be applied that general knowledge to to just about any oem turbo rebuild right um it's about having the right set of instructions to start with following the steps one at a time and then i like a lot of those kind of little keys about like hey make sure that you're tapping the the snap rings
1: in right like that's an easy one to forget the big thing is just take your time double check your work it's not worth destroying it and having to go back and do it (laughs) you know what's going to take longer is doing it
0: twice exactly awesome well tommy thank you so much for joining us today on diesel performance podcast
1: it was a great time
0: guys stick around we're going to have a few more segments and hear from the rest of our co-hosts in just a moment
2: All right, Sean, how you doing, man?
3: Not too bad yourself.
2: Living the dream. <laughs> Every day. Um, so we've been getting a lot of calls, a lot of inquiries and whatnot about uh, failed TCMs. And uh, one of the things that is unique in this industry is uh, the wrath. You know, things kind of kind of go in spurts, if you will. Um, and AL5 TCMs, so the AL5 is going to be in your two thousand one, two thousand five, you know, Duramax or LB7s, LOYs. And uh, we've seen these fail throughout the years. Right. Um, as time progresses, these things uh, essentially get older. <laughs> um, what are some of the common failures, you know, when you're troubleshooting with guys? Like, wh- what do you see fail with these? What are some of the, the common characteristics and whatnot?
3: It usually starts off with a number of codes, limp mode, drivability issues, random hard shifting, pretty much stems from there.
2: You could have, like, uh, as far as like the codes go, like communication codes are generally, like, a big one for that, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, Now, when someone calls in, let's say I've had the truck for 10 years, right, Uh, and and randomly the truck is starting to go and do like a hard shift, maybe an abrupt downshift characteristic. What are some of those troubleshooting uh, steps, like how do we verify that the AL5 is actually bad?
3: Well, what we do is we have the customer load a stock file typically in a situation like this and see if the issues are still present. A lot of times, this will be a random issue where the Prindle doesn't display, or it just shuts you down and puts you in limp mode. Interesting. Okay. And we just look for communication loss codes typically.
2: Okay.
3: Okay. And random stuff like I was mentioning.
2: Okay. So when when we are troubleshooting this, what are some of the typical codes? You know, the hard codes that you would get from a TCM.
3: Typically, we get a P0700, which is just a generic transmission requested that the light be turned on on your dash That's It's usually
2: tripped from the ECM side of things which the ECM then tells you hey look more into the the TCM, right?
3: And the other common one is a U1000 code which is a communication loss code and that's typically a TCM code.
2: Okay so then that's for for me who's not the most uh, sharpest uh, that's essentially hey the truck isn't able to communicate or it's not getting the proper signaling from that module Uh, to let the system work correctly. Yes, sir. Usually if you're getting that UO100 code, that's usually like the death code, (laughs) essentially, like we have to replace that.
3: Unless you unplug the module for some reason, you should never get that code.
2: Okay. Now, one of the things that I've always uh, played around and and joked around about, if if you had another truck, or if you had another uh, 01-05 Duramax, would you be able to simply just swap the controller out just to verify if, if that original controller is in fact bad?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've talked to a number of people who have been that lucky to have another truck laying around and that's pretty much the telltale sign right there. Awesome.
2: Well, we appreciate it. Um, we do have some uh, some knowledge base articles and blog articles referencing exactly this. I know you've used a lot of that stuff in the past and provided to customers, but uh, appreciate you taking the time and going through that stuff. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> right industry news anthony how are you
4: good chris how are you
2: i'm excited i'm excited
4: are you yeah all right cool
2: um we were talking a little bit behind the scenes Mm -hmm. you know uh there's been some talk recently on the show regarding ucc for 2022 uh, there's no secret that UCC is by far, hands down, the biggest event of the year, biggest competition. Um, but we're also a part of another competition that generally happens in the fall, um, and it's definitely a, a different type of contest. Yeah. Um, and that's All Truck Challenge, King of the Streets.
4: Yeah, All Truck Challenge. They changed the name last year, year before, previous known as King of the Streets. I mean, it's got some carryover in terms of what they do from UCC. Sure. Like, I mean, you got you got dirt drags, you got sled poles. All the trucks are required to go on a cruise as yeah. well, is, I mean, guys bring these big horsepower trucks and a lot of them just use them for competition, but they also, they don't just want pure, like off-road trucks, I should say. Well, like You wanna be able to drive them, yeah, that's the, part of the contest.
2: When you talk to Sarah Chapman, the promoter of, of uh, All Truck Challenge, the big thing is street trucks. Yeah. These aren't full-blown competitive competition trucks. These are street trucks. These are trucks that get worked. These are trucks that are daily driven. These are enthusiast trucks that are modified. And they think they have what it takes to compete with other guys in the industry that have similar high horsepower builds. Yeah. Um, They've switched gears a little bit this year. They've yeah. they've they've definitely jumped around with different venues over the past. They've had it at the same place for a couple of years, and then they just recently announced some changes.
4: Yeah, recently they announced that uh, I mean producer Justin as well was uh, at the last one that was in Ohio. They are actually going to Delmar, Delaware. So I mean, quite Del- the jump. Delmar,
2: Delaware. Delmo, okay.
4: Ma- Delmar, Delaware at U.S. 13 Dragway. Okay. So I mean you talk about a change like that's not one state over that's not you know a town over well the thing that's unique about
2: the thing that's unique about uh being out east like that there's five six states that are in the same distance as what it is to be in the state of illinois you know so hop and a jump for sure but you know then again there's a lot of the the promoters and the setup uh, people that that handle this event are from out that area yeah are they going to be able, have they talked a little bit about, is everything going to be at that event? Yeah. Or at that uh, fairground, more or less? Or Everything is going to be there.
4: Everything they did uh, previously in past years, it's all going to transition over. They have, because um, if you go to US 13's website, or the dragway's website, they have a dragway and a raceway. So, like, they have a circle track, they have a drag strip, okay. there's a dirt area. Oh, wow. They have everything there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean... A lot of the names, they're starting to slowly list out competitors okay. that are, I mean, same thing with UCC, as people get registered, big names come through, they post them on Facebook. So if you look up All Truck Challenge on Facebook, you're going to see Josh McCormick, okay. who uh, we're friends with. Rank Champ from last year. Yep, ranked yeah. Champ from last year. As far as I know, we're going to be back out there, okay. Tim Mahoney with our 06 Cummins. Um, and then uh, Mario D'Angelo, who's got a 12 Powerstroke, yeah, who yeah. I've seen friends with him on Facebook, see a lot of videos. Um, works with maryland diesel performance he's got uh, a pretty nasty truck
2: we interviewed him uh, before uh, all truck challenge 2021 really good dude you know really excited you could tell that uh, he has a lot of passion backing that up one of the things that i thought was really interesting and in kind of uh, bringing up all truck challenge was one of the competitors of 2021 one of our friends over at the shop a gordon lindemood yeah there's uh, a post that's going around it was being shared by all truck challenge yep. in his competition truck yeah
4: in his competition truck like this also redefines street trucks yeah. where was he making 2100 horsepower yeah. on his truck and he was out cruising around in the dually plowing snow the and other nine day.
2: nine-foot blade Western Unimount plowing yeah. you know a few inches of snow this is a truck he's on it's a dually 06 truck with street tires still on it yeah you know and just a nasty single 85 millimeter charger and out working the truck like who does that? Uh,
4: Gordon does that's <laughs> who. That it's it's nice to see like e- even our competition truck like that if we go to sled poles or we got to run out and get a head machine or something like that like the, you can you can load up a trailer you can drive the truck around yeah. it's a street truck it's not just competition only and it's nice to see that i mean i think his instagram post might have blown up or on tiktok too yeah. i knew it blew up on tiktok but it's nice to see that being shared and everyone being encouraging okay. i know we were all comment on there like what the hell are you doing yeah. like that looks nasty but it's nice to see all that kind of come together and i think getting everybody in that new venue it's just like UCC you get get everybody together yes it's competition, but you all share that common or that camaraderie and it's nice to
2: one of the other things that I, I'm really excited for all truck challenge 2022 is they are getting some sponsors on board this year. That was one of the things when we were talking to Sarah Chapman in 21 uh, it, it was a goal that she had to get sponsors to help promote that competition um, and it seems like you know they're they're starting 22 off right with uh, getting some of those sponsors so, uh, there's going to be a lot more to come with All Truck Challenge, King of the Streets, as well as you know UCC as time progresses, so I'm sure you're going to have more info for us yep. in uh, weeks to come. Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate it.
0: Not a problem. Hey guys, uh, back again here with our favorite super tech, Jeremy Garnett. Jeremy, how the hell are you? I'm wonderful, how are you? I'm doing good, man, thanks for joining us today. Uh, We are in the studio and we were just talking about some of the different uh, trucks and jobs that you've been on and I know that there's a really, I think, interesting one uh, that just came up recently. So lay it on our our audience. What is the truck we're talking about today?
5: Yeah, um, it's a 18L5P. I talked about a little bit about it a few weeks ago, but now it's a whole different issue.
0: Okay. So <laughs> um,
5: we did some other stuff to it, but now it's a whole different issue. Uh throwing check engine lights for uh, cat efficiency and oh, stuff. Oh, okay. So, um, nice big tow rig with, you know, 300K on it. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 300,000, and it's just starting to come up with some emissions codes. Yeah. All right. Um, any drivability issues or warnings on the dash? So uh,
5: it would go to the... Redu- um, when the four it wasn't a 420 code so it wasn't not not your normal 420 um but it would actually go into reduced power and it would tell you that it would, okay we have 400 miles to oh yeah, yeah 65 yeah, warning, miles right, an hour right, you right. know so um that's the message he was getting and he is an over-the-road trucker so <laughs> I mean, an 18 with 300k <laughs> obviously yeah. drives it so all right um, fully emissions attack too so i mean it's like
0: I, and, and it be, hasn't had an issue until now.
5: No, no issues
0: till now. Okay, so three hundred thousand miles. He's using it the way these trucks are meant to be used. Yep. He's over the road. He's hooked to a trailer all of the time. Right. <laughs> um, so he's working the truck, and it's it's just finally now it's it's having a mechanical issue. I take it what, exactly. What did you use for diagnostics on something like this? Um, How did you find the problem?
5: So on this one here, we um, scanned it. You know, came up with the codes on it, and then. Um, Previously, like I said, it had a knock sensor issue, so uh, we gotcha. had to go ahead and put a knock sensor in it first. You know, you had to fix that, yeah. fix the knock sensor, and then uh, it still kept throwing a threshold code. So, just go through the diagnostic procedure on all data, um, see so you <laughs> diagnose A to get rid of B, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's kind of how we did it, and then we determined that it ended up being the efficiency was just bad on
0: the cat. So, gotcha. Okay, so is that uh, it comes down and gets replaced?
5: Yeah, we so I actually took it down, uh, replaced the whole converter. So ninth injector comes out, um, the doser is uh, got to come out because it's just it's right after it. Yeah. So and then of course the sensors don't want to come out of it. So <laughs> you know, three hundred k. Three hundred k. Yeah, they're
0: welded in there at this so point. So the
5: sensors don't want to come out. Uh, we went ahead and we replaced the sensors that wouldn't come out. Um, obviously, they had a new knock sensor in it, and yep. then. Um, it in and i got about 300 miles on the truck okay already and yeah no lights and we put it through a manual regen just yeah. to make sure and 300 miles later it's ready to almost it's about 50 percent or so ready to go through a new new regen so okay with 300k i'm i'm happy
0: that's I mean, <laughs> it's hard to ask for more than that right out of, out of that type of repair, how many hours would you estimate that you got wrapped up on this this problem?
5: Um, since it's actually newer, we haven't seen a lot of them. Um, we're a little bit more into it than we'd like. Yeah. Um, I'm probably about 10-12 hours into it. Uh, okay. That's not the repair itself, that's just diagnostics. Right, right. Because right. again, you know, it's something we haven't seen a lot of yet. You know, <laughs> how many 18s, 19s that are out there with 300k?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. Good stuff, man. Well, thank you. I think that's a really interesting one. I always love hearing about an L5P and walking through that that process of actually repairing the emission system, yeah. right? <laughs> I know a lot of guys would run into a problem like this and they would want to jump onto the delete bandwagon. Right. For this guy, it's just not an option, folks. Uh, he, he's over the road. He's in California. He's in all sorts of other yeah. states that have really strict emissions laws. Uh, so he has to be 100% uh, legal with it. Uh, so in this situation, it just financially it makes the most sense to repair the truck as opposed to trade it in on a new one yes exactly so 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 that that's kind of where we're at Uh, thank you so much for joining us no no problem see you next week thanks for joining us today guys Uh, this has been paul wilson and chris Emke. make sure to like and subscribe and we'll talk to you again soon that's what she said